1: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, I am so glad to be connecting with everyone tonight because we've got a great, great conversation that we're getting ready to have. I want to stop for a minute and thank every single one of you out there for how you've supported the show um, over the past couple of years. But more recently, I want to thank you for telling all of your friends about the show. As you know, we have reached uh, number one in, in the, one of the top markets in the country, and the show is going to be picked up by a number of different stations, CBS, CRN, and we're just thankful for each and every one of you because something like this doesn't happen without the support of our listeners, and you are it. You are why I do this show. Our mission has been the same from day one, and that is to create positive change one listener at a time. And I want to thank you all for doing that and let you know that we've got so many incredible things to offer you, including copies of the book today, the book that was authored by my very special guest, Mike Robbins. He is the author of a new book, Be Yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Transform Your Life with the Power of Authenticity and the bestseller, Focus on the Good Stuff. The power of appreciation. He is a well known keynote speaker, personal development expert. He has inspired countless people to live life full out, as we say on this show. And tonight, you're going to hear why. You're going to hear why he's one of the most sought after people on the planet. His book, Be Yourself Everyone Else Has Already Taken, you know, as simple as that may sound, I'm still looking to be somebody else. And, you know, Tonight we're going to we're going to hopefully put an end to that. He's worked with some of America's top organizations, you know, AT&T, Apple Computer, Chevron, he's been National Speakers Association. And, and his story, you're going to hear about his story today. How does an individual such as Mike, extremely talented professional athlete, how does he get from the ball field to the playing field? And we're going to hear about that. Mike, thank you so much for joining us here. I'm so excited to have you on the Dr. Pat Show.
2: Hey, Dr. Pat. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor.
1: i got to tell you, I want to hear the story, and I think our listeners um, as well yeah. would love to hear your story. Because the question that I ask everyone is this, and I've asked people... Just about everybody I've ever interviewed is, you know, here you are, you have your best-selling author, fabulous book, and the question comes up, wait a minute, this is just this Mike guy, and I wanted to ask you, look, given what you're doing right now and the book, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the obstacles that you, Mike, personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment?
2: Well, you know, we could probably spend the whole hour or more on some of my challenges. You know, I mean, my story, and you alluded to it as you were introducing me, you know, Mm -hmm. I was an athlete from the time I was a little kid, specifically, I played baseball, and ever since I was, you know, five, six years old, I wanted to play in the major leagues, and I happened to be pretty good. I got drafted by the New York Yankees out of high school, ended up not signing with the Yankees because I got an opportunity to play baseball at Stanford University, which was pretty cool, got to pitch in the College World Series. Then I got drafted by the Kansas City Royals and signed a pro contract and went into the minor leagues with Kansas City and was a big prospect in the organization, you know, working my way up to the big leagues. Hopefully one day I went out to pitch one night my third season while I was still in the minors and threw one pitch toward ligaments in my elbow and blew my pitching arm out. Mm. And at the age of 23, my career, my dream, my lifelong ambition came to a very abrupt and very painful end. Um, And as you can imagine, I'm sure people listening, it was was devastating for me because that's what I'd always wanted to do. But ultimately, and I write about this extensively in both my books, particularly my first book, Focus on the Good Stuff, it was one of those two-by-fours upside the head from life for me that, while really painful at the time, ended up being one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because my big realization ultimately was, that I didn't have any regrets from the whole experience, even though I hadn't made it. The only regret I really had was that I didn't fully appreciate it while it was happening. I was too busy trying to make it. You know, I was this poor kid from Oakland, California, single mom, and this was my shot. And when it was all said and done, I thought to myself, oops, I think I missed the point. And it started me really on my own sort of personal, you know, spiritual journey, if you will, to kind of go within myself and really look at, well, what is it that I'm really after? I don't think it was really about making it to the major leagues. Maybe it was, but it was more about how do I actually appreciate myself, appreciate my life, love myself regardless of the outcome. And that has been the path that I've been on and for the last you know almost ten years, after a couple of years in the business world, I've been speaking and coaching and writing and talking to people about how to appreciate themselves in life as well as this new book's all about how to be authentic and be ourselves.
1: Yeah, and I love the 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 dedication that you make in the book, and I just want to read it for everyone. I mean, this is this will give you a sense of who, you know, of who Mike Robbins is for a minute. And when you open the book, this is what it says: "For my beautiful and amazing girls, Samantha and Anna Rose, thank you for both being exactly who you are, for teaching me so much, and for reminding me about what truly matters in life." I love you both very much, and I'm so grateful to be your daddy and
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I read that uh, and um and i i no, I can't even talk about it without having you know get my eyes all filled up here uh because it really talks to the title of your book mm. i mean, be yourself, everyone else is already taken.
4: Yeah.
1: a statement like that comes from the heart, and I guess one of the questions I want to ask you is why has it become so difficult especially in this culture culture to open our hearts because you know like i mean can we actually be authentic with our hearts all crusted over <laughs> i love
2: well i it's a great question and i love your all your stuff about crust busting and <laughs> i mean it's so, such a perfect analogy and it's so it's so visceral and and visual and i mean yeah there's all we're we're crusty right i mean <laughs> right. and and i i think you know I mean, my approach in my books and in everything that I do, Pat, is, you know, I know what I know. I, I don't pretend to be some kind of master guru expert. I just right. know what I've learned and seen. And um, and in my own experience of my life, um, it it has been and often still is a challenge for me to be authentic because I think in each and every moment, the bottom line for why I know it's challenging for me and most people that I coach or people that I work with in workshops or speak to Is that we're scared.
4: Mm. You know,
2: I I get scared. I mean, I'm sitting, even being on this phone call, conversation, radio interview here with you, there's sort of this constant chatter in my mind who say the right thing, who have something good to say, who maybe say the right thing so someone will want to buy your book. I mean, there's all this nonsense (laughs) constantly. The ego is constantly talking, 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 judging, evaluating, assessing. And what ends up happening, I know for me and so many people that I talk to, is that we've just bought into this notion of what's appropriate to say and do and what's not. I mean, a, a simple example, even in the media world, you can relate to this, people yeah. doing interviews, and I've been on interviews where they'll say things like, full disclosure, Mike used to be my coach, or they'll, you know, that whole concept of full disclosure, like everything else I was saying was BS, so let me just full disclosure tell you the truth right now. <laughs> and that's kind of how we live. We get all self-righteous about political leaders or business leaders, you know, are people in the in the you know celebrity media world lying or not being authentic? But when we really ask ourselves, how true am I? How real am I? The co- the answer often for a lot of us, if we're being honest about it, is you know, not all that much.
1: Mm. Well, I, I mean, it, you know, there are a lot of things that people are saying. You know, for me. Um, one of the things I'm really grateful for is that I didn't really have any media coaching. <laughs>
2: yes, good. Just be yourself, right? <laughs> I,
1: well, I dialed the wrong phone number. I mean, honestly, you know, this is what we're talking about here, and I've shared this on the radio a lot. And, you know, the gift for me was kind of like you. It's like I get to show up and be me. Yes, yeah. And being me was at this place that so many people are right now. Mm -hmm. And so everybody gets to to listen to me with my hiccups and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever else that goes on, a mispronunciation of somebody's name. Right. But the point is, I don't think we get too many opportunities to really suit up authentically in life. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about this because you talk about understanding authenticity mm-hmm. but you also talk about what authenticity is not yeah. and i'd love for you to share this with our listeners today
2: well I, yeah i think authenticity gets misrepresented a lot i think we have this idea that to be authentic we have to be bold we have to be audacious we have to always say what's on our mind we have to you know go for everything we ever want we have to you know make big bold requests or have you know overcome big challenges or obstacles or have some big dramatic story. You know, we have to sort of be a loner or march to the beat of our own drum. I mean, there's all this stuff. And any of those things, if expressed in an authentic way, absolutely can be authenticity. But it's not a set of rules or a set of, you know, values, so to speak. It's really about what's true for you. You know, and what's true for me and my full expression, as you said earlier, live full out, That looks different for me than for you, than for every single person listening. And what happens is, now we can absolutely learn from people or model people or be mentored by people who can help bring out more of who we are, but we can't be other people. And so many of us, myself included, spend and waste so much time trying to be like or wishing we were more like so-and-so instead of just being us. So this whole idea of authenticity, you know, and I say in the book, and often when I'm speaking, I'm not even sure I fully understand it myself. And mm-hmm. the reality is, from what I can see, it changes and evolves throughout the course of life. It has up to this point in my life, and I'm sure it will. I mean, if I listen to this conversation that you and I are having 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I would probably laugh at certain aspects of whatever I were to say because 10, 20, 30 years from now, whenever it is looking back, I'll think, oh, how cute I was, or whatever, you know what I mean? It'll, it'll evolve. So I think the idea is that in the only time we can be authentic is in the moment. And if it starts to become a persona, it's no longer authentic.
1: And, you know, that's what I love about what you've written in the book and also about, about what your message is. So, you know, the key for me that in, in a lot of what I've read in your book and also what we're talking about now is this, I have this aha moment about authenticity, and I thought, wow, you know, being in the moment and watching things evolve and and really letting go of the fact that because I was that way yesterday, I have to be that way today. Mm-hmm. Wow, how much freedom in that. Yeah. I mean, that's really what you're inviting people to do, as well as, you know, the many things you talk about in the book. It's a sense of freedom, it Mike, is. to step into that authenticity. Well,
2: and, and, you know, and it is, and you can relate to this, I'm sure, Dr. Pat, mm-hmm. as, as so many people can. You know, especially, you know, one of the things, actually I was on an interview earlier today and someone asked me a question that I thought was great. They said, well, How are you fake or how are you inauthentic in your life? (laughs) And I thought, boy, that's a great question. And one of the ways that I know for myself has to do with this whole thing that I do, that you do. You know, I'm an inspirational speaker. I'm a coach. I'm, you know, this whole idea that oftentimes I feel a certain pressure to be a certain way because I've now created this persona. And is it me? Yeah, it is. But if I'm doing it as an act, it's no longer me. So what happens is, you know, the moments that I'm in a bad mood or I'm in the airport and I'm grumpy or, you know, <laughs> as my wife loves it. She'll come sometimes to some of my workshops or when I speak and people come up to her after and they'll say, oh, it must be so great to live with it. It must be so inspiring all the time. And she has to hold herself back from just like laughing in their face, you know. <laughs> but I think that what happens is that we can often then sort of paint ourselves into the corner based on even, quote, positive things about what we do or how we do it. And, you know, the truth is that even the happiest people among us have down moments or bad days or whatever the case may be. And what if we just had the freedom to, in each moment of our life, be however we were being and have that be okay?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I love what you're talking about because I just, I'm just coming off from two different events, one of them with 30,000 women attending. Oh, my goodness. I know. And, (laughs) and, And, you know, because... I do radio, and I also speak. I'm I'm also in the public, but people know me kind of like from the radio persona. When I sit down and I'm at a table with people, everyone is at the table. You could hear a pin drop because they're waiting for me to speak. Mm -hmm. I'm really an introvert, Mike. And, and, you know, honestly, the reason that I, I am so good at what I'm doing right now is because I love to listen And so there's a disappointment that shows up sometimes, and they they say to me, wow, you're like, in some ways, not really like we know you. And so then I've got to process that. Sure. But I don't know how to be another way. What happens when we try to be something we're not, Mike? Well,
2: I mean, I think we can all relate to this. It's, you know, sadly, it is often, for many of us, how we operate in life on a regular Mm. basis. You know, that's the thing that sometimes some of this stuff gets blurred, Pat, I think, because we're so used to, you know, doing things a certain way that we just assume is acceptable. I mean, you know, another example that I often think of, it's a little bit of a tangent from this, but it's related, and I'm sure, you know, especially with this election cycle just finishing a few Mm -hmm. months ago, you know, the room, the post-debate room for the presidential debates, right, is called the spin room. (laughs) Now, I have always said, I don't know what's worse, that it's called that or that we're not more upset about it. Literally, the idea is that those people are going to get in there and talk, and you know what's going to come out of their mouth is going to be partisan. It's going to be spinning it in their direction. And I think, though, we literally walk around in our own spin room all day long. Mm
3: -hmm. And that
2: oftentimes we don't even know it. We're not even that aware. So the thing that happens is one of the reasons why a lot of us are as tired and as stressed as we are isn't because we don't get enough sleep or we're running ourselves ragged. I mean, that's part of it. But it takes a lot of energy to not express our emotions and to bottle up what's going on inside of us to be, quote, acceptable in the world. And then what ends up happening is, you know, it impacts our relationships. It causes us, you know... Now, people may not be out-and-out drug addicts or alcoholics, but the overeating, the television watching, the sort of, you know, connecting three, four, five hours a day on the Internet with people as opposed to having real conversations. I mean, all the stuff that we do... To disengage from real life is symptomatic, I think, of a lack of authenticity. And again, I even saying it, I know it sounds almost a little judgmental. I actually have an enormous amount of compassion because I think it's just part of what we're all dealing with. We're all sort of swimming around in the same soup as a culture. And when we're willing, like I, would, I just gave a presentation earlier today at Chevron. I mean, mm-hmm. huge corporation. And one of the women came up to me afterwards and she said, "You know, I'm so glad you're talking about this stuff because." People don't talk about this, and it's so relevant to every aspect of life.
1: Well, you know, it is relevant, and and clearly, uh, you know, I'm sitting here totally mesmerized by listening to you. I'm thinking (laughs) to myself, Mike, just do the show for me, because, you know, (laughs) what you have to say and how you say it, I I truly get that you're showing up as Mike. Mm. I mean, you and I, we could be sitting right here in my office And my studio office here in front of the the fireplace and, you know, sipping a cup of tea or something. Because, uh, you know, for many of us, we've had to learn how to honor that level. And, you know, the the title of the book, believe me, I talked about this today on one of my other shows. I do about 13 hours of radio. And I said, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. And I can't help but laugh about that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? it? It is fabulous. But you also outlined some very important principles that I would love for you to share about this. Some very, very important principles. But before we do, we've got a caller. I would love to bring our caller on the line. Great. Let's take a minute and talk to Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth, hi. Are you, um, you know, let's connect with Kenneth. Kenneth, are you there? Yes. Hi, Kenneth. How are you? I'm
4: very good.
1: Thank you. I'd love to connect you with Mike and, and me tonight. How can we help you?
4: Well, I just appreciate listening to uh, both of you uh, talk so on purpose with uh, what I believe has become more popular every day. Mm. I believe what, I where are you now. calling in from? I'm calling from a little town uh, called Tell City mm-hmm. in uh, southern Indiana. Not too far from Louisville, Kentucky.
1: Oh, that's great. So have you met Mike before? Mike, why don't you say hi to Ken? Hey, Ken, Kenneth. How are you?
4: Hey, what's going on, big guy? Uh-huh. I love your pictures. <laughs> Both of you guys, uh, in your voice, mostly it's the voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I uh, look for authenticity in the voice. Yeah. Um, what I was getting at is that uh, I believe that we're reaching a
2: mm-hmm. point where
4: we don't shrink our psychic abilities, our authenticity down to fit into, you know, codependency and mm-hmm. groupthink and all that kind of sticky stuff. And I believe we're waking up. Uh, yeah. And uh, I believe that uh, we all... You know, it's it's good, folks like you two guys. You know, you're seeking truth and others uh, openly in the in the light. Mm. And um, you know, certainly we're on a journey. And Mike, what you were indicating was, you know, uh, I might look back on this about ten years from now. and Maybe you think it's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally understand that. You know, <laughs> this journey. You know, we're explorers of uh, truth and others,
3: right? Yeah.
4: And uh, seeking it openly in the light is becoming more popular every day. Yeah.
1: It is. You know, and, a, and Kenneth, what you're talking about is, is so really important because, you know, Mike's book is fabulous. As a matter of fact, Kenneth, if you will send me an email right. to info at com, we'd love to send you a copy of the book.
4: Great. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you have a question for us? Uh, because this is a big topic, yeah. and I know I it's like topic. a short period of time no, I, I really to talk don't
4: about I, it. I, I actually I, I asked that i didn't want to interrupt
1: oh no, come on, join the conversation yeah. oh
4: really yeah oh wow, okay um, you know the, in service you know, mm-hmm. a lot you know I, I do a lot of coaching I, uh, executive coaching uh, mm-hmm. life energy clearing uh, got a software that's coming out it's intellectual property that's called the prism. And I've got a book coming out called Foolproofing Your Interview: Incorporating Consciousness into Business. The way we speak, popularizing that, uh, Hmm. staffing, uh, manpower, the invisible life energy that animates the material plane, uh, this level of authenticity.
1: I were talking about this earlier today, it's kind of interesting. This is an interesting conversation, and, you know, Kenneth, thank you so much for joining us, because on the one level, there's a lot of conversation about constriction, Mm -hmm. about shutting things down. Honestly, I'm not somebody that sticks my head in the sand, but I will tell you that we have more opportunities with this show right now than I've had in the five years I've been out there. Yeah. We're being picked up by CBS, by CRN. Sure. Today I found out that a, that an organic soap company is naming a soap brand after the Dr. Pat show. <laughs> and honestly, you know, a good uh, soap, you know, Mike, you know, maybe please. you can explain this. But, you know, Kenneth, you said it, you know, riding the crest. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is going to end.
4: No. Now, uh, supernatural abilities and shrinking our psychic abilities, it's an old ancient agreement. And actually, uh, we do shrink our psychic abilities. be down in the mud of spiritual amnesia and constricting and hiding and <laughs> right. ostracizing and criti- uh, casting and making things solid, well, we are know, light.
2: You know, one of the things, and I so appreciate you saying it, and, and Pat, you know, this conversation that we're having, I'm thinking of, I was just listening to, it was probably taped about a year ago, so it's a little old An interview that Oprah did with Eckhart Tolle on her XM show. Yeah. And one of the things he was saying at the time, and this was pre- sort of all the doom and gloom drama about the economy and all of that, but you said something that really resonated with me about right now, where we are sort of in terms of consciousness, is that there's an expansion of the light and of the dark simultaneously. Right. So that really what we've got, and another time, I've heard people talk about the Internet as a great metaphor for that, that there's the most beautiful, powerful, amazing information, inspiration on the Internet and the most despicable, disgusting, you know, and everywhere in between. So it's sort of a, right. it's a map of the human consciousness. And I think, you know, Pat, shows like yours and conversations like this that we're having that more people are tuning into, you know, Oprah doing that show with Eckhart Tolle on the <coughs> web for millions of people as just an example of how many people, the people all, all of a sudden, Pat, as you're talking about tuning into your show and mm-hmm. your show expanding, wanting, as, as a culture, we're saying we want more good news, information. You know, we want more authenticity. Absolutely. So it, it is. And and we've just got to also be aware of, from my perspective, that the energy of this time right now is so fertile but also volatile on either side that we've just got to be that much more true to ourselves and what's going on. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, Kenneth, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Thanks a lot for for tuning in to the show. I, I love I love that Kenneth was able to join us. We're yeah. going to take a short break. When we come back, you know, Mike uh, and I, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to share the five principles of authenticity. Mike Robbins, the best-selling author and author of Be Yourself, Everyone Else has Already Taken. If you want to come in, call for a question, 1-877-876-5227. 8778765227. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by, and if you want to find out more information about Mike, you can go to his website beyourselfbook.com, beyourselfbook.com. Stay tuned, we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show and my very special guest today, Mike Robbins. We'll be right back.
0: Hey guys, I heard you talking about the Ageless Secret. You've got to try it. Just a few sprays of the light mist and my face feels tighter and smoother. The longer I've been using it, the better my results have become. You're going to absolutely love it. So go to AgelessSecret.com or call 888-424-4247. That's AgelessSecret.com or give them a shout at 888-424-4247 and get some now
5: With the changing economy, how will you take care of your health without breaking the bank or adding more hassle to your busy life? Best-selling author Kat James' Transformational Orientation Seminars could be the free ticket you're looking for. During these free evening phone sessions, Kat will answer your inside-out health or beauty question live and present the principles of her acclaimed Total Transformation Programs and best-selling book, The Truth About Beauty. Find out if Kat's renowned approach could transform your looks and life as you enjoy the call from comfort from your own home. With zero investment or obligation, you'll hear Kat tell her incredible story of transformation live, as well as other inspiring success stories. Get the latest health news, recipes, and lifestyle strategies. Enjoy exclusive discounts on Kat's programs. You'll even have a chance to win an eight-week full curriculum teleprogram valued at $600. Visit thekatjamesshow.com to register for Cat's free transformation orientation seminar today.
2: Most of mankind's diseases are part of history, but few realize it at this time. A simple, inexpensive mineral supplement has the potential to change your life and your health. Go to thedrpatshow.com and listen to the interview with Jim Humble and Dennis Richard and learn the secrets of why your health is your choice. MMS, the Miracle Mineral Supplement of the 21st Century, can be purchased at MMSDR.com or call 760-536-6123. That's MMSDR.com.
0: Can you imagine a world where noodles are calorie-free? For centuries, Japanese women have eaten these noodles. Now this Japanese Miracle Noodle is available in the United States at MiracleNoodle.com. As seen on ABC News, this noodle made only of soluble fiber has zero net carbs and zero calories. Imagine the possibilities. Now you know why it's called Miracle Noodle. Add noodles back into your diet guilt-free at MiracleNoodle.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Boy, I'll tell you, this is a must-read. This book is amazing. Be Yourself, Everyone Else is Already Taken. Transform Your Life with the Power of Authenticity. Mike Robbins is the author, and he's joining me here today. He is an internationally known speaker. He gets out in the world, and he gets to show people exactly who he is. (laughs) And, Mike, thank you for joining us here today. I know we've got lots to talk about, but I know we've also got a caller that is also waiting to join us. Why don't we take that call first, and then we'll probably end up answering the caller's question with some of the principles you have, but let's go for it. Who do we have joining us? I understand this might be Linda. Linda, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Something about what Mike was saying must have gotten your attention. Yes.
3: It triggered a couple things for me. Um, Okay. You talk about, you're talking about adults being authentic and um, the tendency is not to be authentic Mm -hmm. because you're expected not to be, is is what my take on it is, okay? And everybody tries to do their best, but, you know, because of working and, and just, being social, you have certain things that you have to do and not have to do, or you think you have to do. Right. But my question is more about children, because Mm. you talked about, you know, the Internet, you talked about the cell phones, you talked about, you know, um, people not communicating, and it it triggered something for me on children that are growing up today. Mm. They don't know how to communicate with each other, so they don't really know how to be authentic because they're typing all these little words that, you know, these abbreviations that have them. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this
1: is such a great question. I love yeah. this.
3: But, but and, and then they're learning from their parents. So if their parents or guardians or whatever they are, yeah. they're, the parents, the guardians are not really authentic because they've learned basically not to be because you have to be <laughs> something else to impress yeah.
0: people
2: then what about all the kids that are growing up today?
0: Oh, that's such a great
1: question. Mike, are you ready to take that on? Yeah,
2: no, because I think it's a fascinating topic, Linda, and I think you bring up a couple of really good points. And, And my take on it, similar to what we were talking about before the break, is I think there's a light side and a dark side, if you will, to the way that we're all communicating electronically, particularly kids. But I actually think that part of this growth or this attraction towards more authenticity is being driven by this younger generation. And I say that because a lot of kids, whether we're talking about teenagers, and I do quite a bit of work with teens, or people in their 20s kind of coming out of school and sort of making their way in the world, they're even savvier than a lot of us were in terms of being able to spot inauthenticity. Mm. And they don't care as much about what you've done and all your status. They more care about how you show up. Now, the downside is, with all of the text messaging and Twittering and little bits and pieces, there's a lack of genuine connection and depth to a lot of the communication. But I think that the, the, even the technology piece, again, there's two sides to the coin, because I think the piece about blogging and having your voice heard on the Internet and being able to feel like, I'm 14 years old, but I get to say what I think in the world, I actually think that can be empowering as long as us as, quote-unquote, adults, although we don't always act like it, model it ourselves. You know, so it's it, the whole issue. People bring this up a lot. Well, they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to write. They don't know how to spell. Now, those are important skills. But when we're talking about authenticity, I don't know that proper grammar and proper diction is the most important element of authenticity. So, you know what I mean? I think there's two parts to it. And, you know, my girls are so young. They're, I have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old, so I'm not yet dealing with that directly with them. But I'm excited to, because I think there's a lot they have to teach us. And a lot we have to teach them if we look for where the common ground is.
3: Well, and I think you have an advantage because you talk about it, you try to live it every yeah. day. Where most of us, I say most of us, I don't know, I'm speaking for myself. No, because, I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen it for um, my niece and my nephew. Yes. And my niece was very, very outgoing when she was little, and she spoke her mind. She said yes. exactly what was on her mind, and as she's gotten older, she's locked all that in, and yeah. it doesn't come out, so you don't see it, and you you can see, because the text messaging drives me crazy, because right. they do it all the time, <laughs> and when you try to have a conversation, there's really no conversation, because they can't type it, and they don't have to say it, because then nobody really knows how they feel about it. It's just words on a piece of paper yeah. or on
2: their cell phone well and if you think about it linda i think you know this is this generation's version though of of how they're choosing to avoid their emotions you know a couple of generations ago it was primarily just well let's go do drugs or let's go do you know it's not that kids aren't doing that these days but this right. is a, in some ways maybe a little bit safer and less harmful physically but you know think of The thing about being an adolescent, and we're all, at some level, grown-up adolescents or adolescent, running a lot of what we do and say, so many emotions happening so intensely. But at 15, 16, 17 years old, we can't process all that. So we figure out ways to deal with it when we're teens, and then that ends up carrying over into our adult lives in a lot of cases unless we choose to really wake up and do a lot of work internally. Mm -hmm. And I personally... You know, Again, it'll be great to see how the universe teaches me this lesson when my girls become teens, but I love teenagers. I love them because there's so much passion and creativity. And what teens often don't get, I think, from adults, whether we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all the way up, is a genuine sense of real appreciation for who they are, for how they are. We often, you know, there's a lot of judgment that we have, and I think some of that is understandable, but it also comes from our own... Judgment of our own inner team, if you will, that we never made peace with, <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: and it's you know, and it's it's tricky. I mean, again, easier for us to sit on a radio show and talk about it in theory;
1: uh-huh. it's
2: totally different to do it in real life.
1: I love your question, Lyndon. I love what you you actually called in to talk about because you know this truly is on you know for so many people, and you know, and I guess you know, Mike was talking about there are five principles in authenticity. Yeah. And we're going to talk about them, and so you know, I guess each of us get faced with, you know, who am I in this moment? Am I really being who I am, yeah. or am I trying to please somebody else? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, Linda? Yes,
3: yes, yes. And I, and I do. I I heard what you said about you know that, and I agree with you that some of this is good and that there is good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm just concerned about the conversation pieces of it and the kids losing of who they really are because they're following what everybody else is yeah. doing. That's mm-hmm. that's my concern. Absolutely. It? Well,
2: and I think that's a very legitimate concern and the thing that I would, for what it's worth, obviously we don't know each other just meeting here, but my challenge to you would be to as authentically as you can from a place of real love and care for your niece and the teams in your life that you're concerned about, share that with them. Mm-hmm. Like, vulnerably, mm-hmm. authentically, honestly, not from a, you shouldn't do that or that's bad or I'm worried, about but really like Here's how I feel.
1: Right. Here, like you just did here. Yeah.
2: Like if they get that, it's not about the words. It's really about the feeling. Yeah. Like I don't know what to say. I don't know how to connect with you. I, I, I love you. I care about you. I'm concerned. I just want to say, you know, and fumble around and feel, you know, silly about it and vulnerable. But, you know, Mother Teresa said honesty and transparency will make you vulnerable. Be honest and transparent anyway.
3: There you go, Linda. I can do that. No it's confusion. your mission if you choose to accept oh, it. And believe me, I can do that very easily. So thank you very
1: much. This was great. This thank was you, great. Linda. Thank you for calling in. And by thank the way, we'll send you a copy of the book. Okay. thank you. Yeah. Uh, just send me an email at info at the Dr. Show dot com. And okay. give me your address and we'll get you a copy of the book. Great. great. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. Care. Bye. You know, Mike, these questions are great because they really do set the stage to talk about those five principles of authenticity. Let's go through them right now because as simple as they seem on paper, when I actually tried to actually think and implement this, (laughs) I couldn't get past principle number one, so you've got to help me here.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you're right. They're simple on paper. I mean, the first one is to know yourself. And one of the distinctions that I talk about in the book, and it's simple but, you know, again, not easy, is there's a difference between knowing about ourselves and really knowing ourselves. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's one of those things, like authenticity is in general, that it's a practice, it's a lifelong practice. And a lot of people, Dr. Pat, I listening to your show, they're on their journey, whatever that looks like, of growth. But for us to really put our own personal growth, whatever you know, version of that, if you will, however we choose to express that on our spiritual path or personal path, but to really make that a commitment because sometimes we do it with a goal in mind. We start taking workshops or reading books because we want to find a mate or we want to make money or we want to lose weight. And those are fine as initial goals. But it's you know it's got to be something, if we're really going to live an authentic life, that we're constantly learning and growing and evolving. So that's really what knowing ourselves is about. The second principle has to do with transforming our fear. And this is one, again, simple on paper or as a concept, but I think we have a kind of bizarre relationship to fear in that most of us see it as a universally bad thing and not too many of us are all that comfortable with the feeling or the expression of fear. I know, especially as a man and as a little boy growing up, I was taught, like, don't be scared. It's weak, it's wimpy, it's, you know, all that stuff. And we all have had situations in our lives where fear has had a really debilitating effect or really negative effect, but the expression or the admission of our fear in a conscious way, can be life altering you know my wife and i uh, Michelle met about a little less than ten years ago, and we dated and lived together and we're, were together for about five years um, before we finally decided to or, you know I asked her to marry me and it It actually was a bit of a sort of you know I read about this in, in the book quite a bit, but it was it was a lot of, there was a lot of tension and stress and kind of angst about this whole you know, when are we getting married? All of our friends and family seemed very interested, and Michelle seemed very, you know, sort of classic male-female stuff, if you will, on the surface. Oh, yeah. But I was just saying, at some deep level, I kept saying, like, babe, I love you, I feel really good about our relationship, and it, I'm just not ready to get married. Mm. And, and I thought it was, you know, I want my career more set up, and I want, you know, all this stuff. But when I finally got real about it with myself, I realized that I was terrified mm. to get married. Like, my folks had split up when I was three, My dad ended up, you know, he had bipolar disorder and had lots of challenges in his life, and it was very difficult for us. And, you know, on and on the story went, so to speak. And even though I knew all that, I realized that at some deep level I didn't trust myself that I would actually be a good husband or a good father, and I didn't want to ruin Michelle's life and any children's lives if we might have children. And it was hard to actually come face-to-face with that truth for myself, and when I did... I then did something that was somewhat counterintuitive, which was I shared it with her, wondering what would she think and would she get upset or scared or judge me. Or, Well, two amazing things happened. One is she didn't judge me at all. In fact, she she got it and, and uh-huh. from a place of compassion. But the second thing was the fear, while well, it didn't vanish, it dissipated so dramatically that literally within a couple weeks, I proposed. And it w- I was so passionately excited to ask her to marry me.
1: Well, and, you know, part of that had to be her level of authenticity and showing up to hear you, Yeah, you know, and to be part of that conversation. Yeah, but to Um,
2: have it, it, you know, in our lives, if you think of the things in our lives, in our own lives, and one of the practices that I talk about in the book that Michelle and I do that I do with a lot of couples that I work with and people, I even do this with business groups, is to clear our, what I call, withhold, you know, our uh withheld communication. People probably heard this, but to literally proactively clear them out, let people know, you know, hey, I've been withholding this. I haven't been saying this. And actually share it proactively as opposed to waiting until there's a fight because we're often scared to say that stuff. But once we say it, it's again the great line, the truth will set you free. It Mm -hmm.
3: does.
2: So that's the piece about our fears. We can actually utilize the energy of our fear in a positive way if we're willing to confront it and actually admit it, own it, and express it.
1: Well, that's, you talk about that as, a, you know, transform your fear. What's kind of cool about what you said, it was, it's really, you know, also a transmutation. I mean, here yep. you take this fear energy, because yep. it is, and you turn it into something that is going to open your, your, your world up, your world, my world, mm-hmm. you know, everyone that's listening to Shell, our world, to something greater. Yeah. One of the principles you talk about, and I want to ask you about this one, is the principle number four, yes. which is be bold. Yeah. And, of course, number three, you mentioned express yourself. Express yourself, yourself but, yeah. But yeah. Being
2: bold, you know, and that's another one that, that yeah. authenticity gets this misnomer, and some of us think, well, I'm just not a bold person. Well, I don't right. have that kind of personality. You know, and look, if you're big and loud and, and, you know, naturally charismatic, that's great, but you don't have to be to be bold. And And boldness is subjective. So what's bold for me may not be bold for you. Just like what's scary for me may not be scary for you. So the thing we want to look at, the idea is to really be willing to go for what we want, be willing to ask for what we want. You know, Michael Jordan had a great quote. He said, I missed 100% of the shots I never took. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as a former athlete, I I use some, you know, sports metaphors, you know, but pretty basic ones, but I think of it like this. Look, life takes place on the field of life, whatever it is. You know, I used to play ball. The game didn't start until I crossed the line and actually walked out to the pitcher's mound. Now, the scary part about that is that when we go on the field of our life, whatever it is, we can fail, we can lose, we can fall down, we can look like an idiot. And we've all done that. No kidding. Right? Many times over. But, but the reality is that that's the only place you can actually score, again, to further the, the sports analogy. That's the only place that things really happen. It doesn't happen in the dugout or on the bench, or in the stands observing it. It only happens on the field when we play. And a thing, couple things that we can do to support us in being bold, because again, it goes back to the transforming our fear. The moment we try to do or say anything bold, we get scared. So we need lots of support. You know, a specific suggestion that I have for people is to create what I call a dream team. Now, this can look like a lot of different things, but if you have a goal or a dream, whether it's really, really big or, you know, doesn't seem all that big, but you want some support elicit the support of the people in your life. Now, a lot of us get funny about asking for help and support, but people love to support other people. We naturally love to do it. And if you get people around you that you can share your dreams and your goals, and, hey, would you be willing to be on my dream team? Here's what that means. You don't have to do anything. I may ask you every now and again for a little support here and there, but just support me. Ask me questions. Remind me. Look, this is how I started my business as a speaker and a coach and an author. When I, in my mind, thought, there's no way I could do this. Who the heck's going to listen to me? But I shared it with enough people around me, and so many of my clients over the years have used this technique that you tell people, and then people get excited for the things that you want to accomplish or you want to experience, whatever it is, and you get their support. So the moments that you want to quit or get scared, which we all do, you have other people that will call you up or email you or check in with you and say, hey, how's that going, by the way? And then that supports us in... Being bold, Because I don't know too many people that just naturally wake up in the morning bold out of bed.
1: Well, I totally agree with you. And, you know, it's really interesting. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this, and also I read the book. And so one of the things I thought about is, you know, how am I right now in my life? I mean, you know, if I were to assess my boldness quotient, so to speak, what would that feel like for me? And, you know, people have said to me, wow, you know, you're such a rebel. You've been like this and blah, blah, blah. I think about what I did in my youth, and certainly there were some things and moments of boldness. Yes. And I and sometimes I think that what I'm doing right now is I'm living my life, I'm living my passion, and other people see what I'm doing now as being bold. Mm-hmm. But yet I don't. And it's kind of an interesting conversation yeah. to have. You know, people look at me jumping out of an airplane and skydiving, and they say, Oh, my God, that's bold. Yeah. And I think... Man, that was like the time of my life. So what you're talking about is so important. I wanted to ask you, how important is it for us to be mindful of not judging ourselves?
2: It's huge because, you know, this piece, this fourth principle, Be Bold, connects directly with the fifth principle, which is really the foundation of not Mm -hmm. only this book, but really all my work, and that is for us to celebrate ourselves. And the thing you just said, Pat, which I appreciate the authenticity of it, I can relate with personally, see, we often relate to boldness, from, from a judgmental perspective, looking at what we do, oh, you're on the radio, oh, you do this, oh, you wrote this, oh, you get up and speak in front of people. Yeah. Are those bold actions? Well, for most people, they are. But only you know in your heart authentically what's bold. And sometimes, you know, you could get up and speak in front of a group of people or get on the radio and do your thing and know in your heart, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it wasn't real boldness or a real sense of courage But then having a conversation with someone on the street and admitting something or asking for something or saying something vulnerable that no one else but that person may hear might be even more of a bold action for you. Do you know what I mean? I totally get it. And really looking. And so the piece about us judging ourselves, see, then we have this notion in our minds about what's authentic or what's bold or what's courageous or what's good or all that. And mostly, we don't live up to that. You know, again, I, I bring up Oprah again because I mean, most of us can relate to her. She was on Larry King a couple of years ago when she launched her radio network. Yeah. And he asked a question about fears. Marianne Williamson's great quote about our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, it's that we are powerful beyond measure. And then it got a conversation started with all of Oprah's friends, you know, all the people who have the shows, Dr. Oz and the whole like, right? Right. And he goes around and he gets to Oprah and he says, Oprah, what's your fear? And here's what Oprah said. She said, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not fulfilling my potential. And I turned to my wife and I said, if Oprah thinks that, we're all screwed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because, right, like who
2: the hell's not? I mean, if anyone's fulfilling their potential on the planet, at least in an, from an ego perspective in terms of results, in terms of impact, in terms of success, she's about as far on top of the list as anybody, right? Right. But I just got in the moment the humanity of it, the authenticity of it, and the universal experience that all of us have, no matter how outwardly successful we may be or not, that that feeling, that insecure feeling of maybe I'm not enough, maybe I'm not doing enough, maybe I'm not being enough, whatever. And I think if we can have some empathy and compassion for ourselves to know that that's just part of being human. And I think that especially when we start to wake up and get more conscious, our egos can take over and say, as mine often says to me, you should know better. You've studied this. You've read about this. You've taken all these workshops. You teach people, like, get over it, man. And it's like... (laughs) No, but it's there, day by day, moment by moment, and it's a choice. I know it. What we're going to listen to, right? Like, are you going to listen to that voice in your head, the little gremlin or whatever you call it, that judges you? Or are we going to stop and go, wait a second, what can I acknowledge, appreciate, and celebrate about myself right now? Even if it's I just made a mistake and feel like an idiot, what can I appreciate about that?
1: Well, what I love is what we're talking about, and I cannot believe how quickly this hour has gone by. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. But what you're touching on right now is is so significant. Uh, First of all, let me thank you, uh, Mike, for joining us here today. For those of you that missed any part of this, you'll be able to catch it on the archives real soon. Uh, Mike Robbins is my special guest today. The book is Be Yourself, Everyone Else is Already Taken, Mm -hmm. Transform Your Life with the Power of Authenticity. And, Mike, I have been sending people to your website. I just want to make sure that I've got it right, beyourselfbook.com. You got it. And, you know, there's lots of information there. You can find out, um, you you know, from Mike uh, what's next for him uh, and and really take a look at this book and what's happening. I, I wanted to kind of close this show by what you've just said recently. You know, I don't know about you, but I get the sense for me, in order for me to create crust busting, <laughs> I got to tell you, you don't come up with that concept um, out of the blue. No. Clearly, this is the story of the crust that I carried around most of my life, yeah. and some of it that I'm still, you know, chipping away at. Sure. You as well shared your story about what it's like to go through the many challenges. I wanted to ask you. We've talked about a lot today. There's much that we could, again, say, but what is, what's your personal message for folks listening to this show live in the moment Hmm. and the thousands that will listen to this on iTunes and all of the other places it will go?
2: Well, that's a great question, and I think, you know, for me, Pat, it really comes down to us, each and every one of us being able to love and accept and appreciate ourselves because... Hmm. You know, no matter what we accomplish in life, if we don't love ourselves, nothing really much matters on top of that. And on the flip side, when we do love ourselves, regardless of what we do or don't do, nothing else really much matters.
4: Mm.
2: So if we put our attention there on loving and appreciating and accepting ourselves, everything kind of flows from
1: there. Wow. You know, Mike, thank you so much for joining me here today. I mean, we we have clearly um, struck a chord with so many people in the show tonight. I mean, I'm starting to get the emails in here now. (laughs) Um, And I want to thank you so much for all of this uh, and what you do. Let's give out your website one more time. It's
2: beyourselfbook.com.
1: Well, that's it. Mike Robbins joining us here today. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Shucks. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining us You're here welcome. today. I want to thank everyone out there for tuning into the show. I want to thank those of you that have called in and those of you that have been trying to call in. You know, it's through your calls and through your message, and I think Mike will agree, that each of us gets to learn. We probably get to learn more about ourselves every time we connect and that's what's so significant about Mike Robbins and the work that he does. Um, I love this conversation tonight. Mike, I hope you will come back on another show and Absolutely. we can kind of pick up where we left off.
2: Absolutely. I'd be honored.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks thanks to Mike. Thanks to Kenneth. Thanks to Linda. Thanks to all of you out there. Um, this is how we get to reach millions of people to create that ripple effect of amazement and live life full out. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. For more about the show, you can go to www.thedrpatshow.com. For more about crust Busting, you can check that out as well. That'll be crustbusting.com. And until next time, remember that you are in control of your level of authenticity, and let's take that journey together. And hopefully, Mike will be there to help us. We'll see you all next week on the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by.
4: are
3: stepping down Your soapbox is Way too high overgrowth Just the sky, your high horse steer taken off and left to you Nowhere to be found, better off dead Well, so you said, but don't worry We all fall down somehow Oh, someday, not somehow, not maybe
2: Equal
0: well of a strange soul